0: Well, good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? A couple of you guys are doing all right. Hey, my name is TJ, one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us today. Excuse me. As we're uh, continuing this series called What If? And talking about just what if we made some different changes in life? What if we made some different decisions? Like what could possibly happen in all of our lives. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this idea that for the majority of us, you know, we we settle into life. And we just think, this is how it is. This is what it's going to be like. And it just becomes this mundane, normal routine of life. And, and a lot of us, we just kind of stay in that rut. And I think that God has got so much more for us than what we settle for. And He doesn't want us just to have an ordinary, normal, mundane life. I believe that God has got something Uh, unique and extraordinary for every single one of us. And it's our responsibility to take advantage of that opportunity. And so thinking about the new year, you know, we're in February, which is kind of a pivotal month for these things called New Year's resolutions. Uh, A lot of people make New Year's resolutions. How many of you guys made a New Year's resolution this year or said, you know what, there's some things I want to change in my life. Okay, so there's like six of you that wanted to make a change. The rest of you guys, you've really just settled into into life as normally as it is. Like, this is just how it is. That's like what you've settled for. I I actually went and was just doing some research. Like, what are the things that people said that they wanted to change this year? Like, what do you think was the number one thing people wanted to change this year about their life? Health. Yeah, weight. Everybody's like, they want to get skinny and in shape. Well, I've always said rounds of shape, so they've accomplished something, but, uh, yeah yeah there's some, some people that, that 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 they 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 relate to that and so uh <laughs> But a lot of us, you know, it's we, we want to get healthy, which means we got to eat a different way. Uh, it means like some of us, we went out and got a gym membership. You know, you haven't gone to the gym yet, but you got one. I mean, that's half the battle. Uh, so all you got to do is get in your car and actually go there now. But you know, people said I want to get healthy. Another thing people said that it was a resolution for them. I thought was interesting is I want to get organized. I want to get things put away this year and and get things tidied up. And and I thought that's. When I was reading that, I was like, that's a good resolution. In fact, this week, I spent a lot of this week, Shayla and I, our free time, we are redoing our the inside of our kitchen, like going through, getting rid of old stuff, getting stuff organized so we actually know like where plates and glasses are and silverware, I, I know that that's crazy that some people don't know where that is. We didn't know where all that stuff was. And so we got organized. I went and organized my my closet in our bedroom, uh, which is really exciting to me. I'm one of those organizational freaks that like I have every shirt based on color organized out based on whether it's long sleeve, short sleeve, button up, uh, sweaters, jackets, t-shirts, workout shirts. Like I'm anal like crazy. And then Shayla's just like a, everything's just throwing in her side. And so it's yeah, just getting organized, I, like I can relate to that. I think godliness goes right next to organization. You know, that's like if you're organized, you and God, you're connected. Uh, another one that was a big one for people is is they said, man, I want to get my finances in order. And we talked about that a little bit last week. It's all about that big B word, the budget. You know, get our budgets down. And so you spend some time. You, you think about your budget. You work it out. You get so excited after you put all that effort in your budget. You're like, let's go celebrate. Let's go eat. You know, let's go out to eat. And you're like, we'll start the budget tomorrow. You know, it's because uh, that isn't in the budget. And, uh, but number four was really interesting to me. What people said was their, their resolution for this year was to enjoy life to the fullest. I thought, that, man, that's a great resolution. This year, I want to enjoy life to the fullest. Can everybody pretty much say, like, I want to enjoy life to the fullest? Would that be a resolution that you would go, hey, that's something, I, I want that this year. I think that probably for all of us we would say, man, I, I want to enjoy life to the fullest, because that's the ultimate goal in life. I mean that that that's really it. The problem is is for most of us, We think, man, if I'm going to enjoy the life to the fullest, then this needs to happen in my life. Like, Like, when this happens, then I'll enjoy life to the fullest. And we think, well, when I get that special someone or when I get married, then I'll enjoy life to the fullest. Or when I get that promotion at work then I'll enjoy life to the fullest. Or, or when I get in with that group of friends over there, then I'll enjoy life to the fullest. Or when I achieve this financial status, then I'll enjoy life to the fullest. And for a lot of us, we, we go through life thinking that to enjoy life to the fullest is some sort of destination that we're going to arrive at. It's something that's going to happen to us. The problem with that thinking is the best life is not something that happens to you. The best life is something that happens in you. Because lots of things are happening to us, but what's happening outside does not determine how good our life is. It's what's happening inside of us. It's what is happening internally. And you don't have to get one more thing to have the best life right now. Like you don't have to go acquire more stuff or acquire another relationship or get more money to, tri- to have the best life possible. Your best life begins with the time that you have right now. Like it begins right now with what you have. And, and, and I don't think any of us set out like, did anybody wake up this morning or have you ever woken up and just said, you know what, today, you know what, my, what I want for like today, I'm just determined in my life that I'm going to have the crappiest day ever. Like today is just going to be extremely terrible. Like I'm just playing, like anybody plan to have a terrible day ever? Like no, none of us set out to have bad days, do we? No, most of us, we set out like, I want to have a good day, don't we? Like, today's going to be a good day. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, sorry, an old rap song. <laughs> like, we set out. We set out to have good days. Like, we, we, a lot of times we determine we want to have a good day. But not all of us even know what a good day looks like, if we're honest with ourselves. Let alone how to actually create that good day. We might have some ideals what a good day looks like. We might have some ideas of what a good day looks like, but we have no idea how to create our life so that we are having a good day every day. And even fewer people understand that the way that you and I, we live right now, doesn't just impact today and how good our day is, but it also impacts tomorrow. It impacts the future of what we're looking for. And many of us, what happens is we get focused on the wrong days in life. A lot of us are focused on yesterday, what's happened in the past, and what's happened to us in the past. And and here's the thing about the past. You can't change your past. You can't do anything about what's happened to you in the past. So why do you continue to give all this time and all of this energy and all of this effort to something that you can't influence at all? And then on the flip side of that, a lot of us, we're living so far in the future, and we're putting our mindset so far in the future that we're missing out on the most important moments, which are right now. We're missing out on the time that we have right now, and the best time to live your best life is right this moment. That's why Corinthians tells us, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. When is the time of God's favor? I don't know. Like I missed that. Did you say yesterday was the best time of God's favor? Now? Now, now. like one guy's like, he's got it. He's like, I got it now. Now. We're always looking at some other time rather than realizing that what God wants to do in your life, the best thing, the most important thing, the most precious thing that God wants to do is right now. He says, "Now is the day of salvation." Some of you guys are waiting for God to show up and do something miraculous in your life, and God's saying, "Hey, like right now, right now is my time of deliverance for you. You just haven't recognized it yet because we're living in in such a, a, a some other time mindset. We're living in yesterday, or we're living in the future. In fact, in this article that I was reading about." The, the resolutions that people had, psychology today, in the middle of this psychology today article, they said the reason why the majority of people will never make it to February, let alone the, the end of the year, actually fulfilling the things that they set out to fulfill in the beginning of the year, is this idea of cultural procrastination. It's what they called it. That was their terminology, and I thought it was that was a brilliant term. We have cultural procrastination. What that means is that we're continually in the mindset of it, it's going to happen. We'll put it off to some other time rather than taking advantage of the moment now that God has given us. And for some of you guys, man, you haven't realized the secret to the success that you want to have to have your best life is determined by your daily agenda. It's determined by the decisions that you make right now. Your best life is determined by the decision that you make right now. And the problem is, is that a lot of us, we devote ourselves to a little bit of everything, which really means that we're devoting ourselves to nothing. And we miss out on how critical today is. And how we spend today determines the life that we live. Because we forget how important time is. We forget the fact that time is the most precious commodity that we have on the face of this earth. Listen, you can go out and you can make a bad financial decision and you can make up for it. You can go mess up a relationship and restore that thing. But when you spend time, you can never get that time back. There's no making that up. There's no getting that back in your life. We're allotted a certain amount of time and then it says we die. Like we don't get any extra, we don't get a second life here on this earth. We got a certain amount of time and we're maxed out on that. Now in that, We can't change time. We can only change our priorities in our time. In fact, I I love what uh, Albert Einstein said. He said, time management is an oxymoron. Time cannot be managed. It moves forward no matter what you do. See, you can't manage your time. You spend your time. It's an investment every single day. What you choose to invest it in or not invest it in is determined by you, is determined by the priorities you have. We're all given the same 1,440 minutes every single day. And with that, with the time that you've been given, that 1,140 minutes, 1,440 minutes, not 1,140 minutes, cutting cutting some time out of your lives. sorry. You can't do everything in that. A lot of us, we try to do everything and we accomplish nothing. And so you got to realize on the front end, man, you can't do everything. you gotta, you got to keep the essentials, the essentials. And how do you know what are the essentials? I'll, I'll look at it like this. If you had six months to live, what would you do with your time? If you had, seriously, if you had six months to live, would you be doing the things that you're doing right now? why are you going to wait till you die to do things to do what you want to do why aren't you doing them now if they're so important like why aren't you living differently today see because we choose the life we want by how we spend our time and when we understand our priorities we'll choose to spend that time extremely wisely and and really This whole idea of time comes down to two Ds. I call them the double Ds of life. (laughs) Not sure why somebody said, yeah, that, but that was awkward. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Comes down to two Ds. It comes down to the decisions we make and the disciplines that we manage. The decisions that we make. And the disciplines that we manage. Because we make, it's easy to make decisions, but to, to make those decisions actually come to fruition in life, you're going to have to have some disciplines to go along with it. And, and I think the difference between who you are and who you want to be in your life is determined in what you do daily with your life. And so I think that there are some decisions that every single one of us need to make in our life this year. In fact, there's three of them that I want to give you here today. The first one is this. The first decision we have to make is we have to take back today. We have got to take back our today. Now, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but but I see this all the time in my life. People that have nothing to do in their life, they always want to spend their time with me. You ever notice that? People that don't have anything to do in their life, they're always like, hey, what you doing? You want to know why? Because they want to spend your time. And if you don't have a plan for your time, you know what? Somebody else is going to spend your allotted time. And so we've got to understand that we have got to take back our today because our today is all we've been allotted. And we've got to take advantage of that thing. And if we don't know how our day is going to be spent, somebody else will spend it for us. That's why Paul tells us in Ephesians, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Why? Because your friends are going to spend your time. You're going to take advantage of the opportunities you have right now. And your time determines your opportunities. So many people are are going through life and and they're, they're putting off the opportunities that they have today until tomorrow. It's that whole cultural procrastination thing we just talked about. And what you fail to realize is that the opportunities you've been given right now are opportunities for today. If you move your opportunities that are for today to tomorrow, you know what that means? Your tomorrow's opportunities you can't take advantage of. And so many of us we're we're because we're not making decisions to take advantage of today, we're destroying our opportunities in the future. And as we start to take back today, what we'll need to do is we'll need to bring our priorities into focus. We need to bring our priorities into focus. Because if we were to ask ourselves, what's really important to me? Like, what are the things that are really, really important to me? Like, what are the major priorities in my life? A lot of people honestly can't answer that question fully and completely. Like, they don't know what all their priorities are. And, like, if I were to ask you the question, what does God expect of you? Like, what does God want from you? Most of us couldn't answer those, that question. Why? Because we haven't taken the time to figure out what our priorities are. Well, I'll help you answer the God aspect of that. You can look at Micah 6.8. It's a great explanation of what does God expect or want from your life. It says, He has showed you, O Lord, O man, what is good. And this is what the Lord requires of you, to act justly, so that's something God wants you to do. He wants you to act justly. He wants you to be just in your actions in life and what you do. He says to love mercy and to walk humbly with the Lord. And So here's, here's like what does God expect of me? He, will, he expects me to act justly. Like I need to, I need to walk with integrity and care for people, to, to love mercy, so to reach out and care and be cognizant of what's going on around me and to have a personal relationship with Jesus, to walk with the Lord. Like, that's what God expects of me. But what about myself? What are the priorities I should have in my own life? Like, how do I define those? And so I just want to help you a little bit. I, I just want today to be extremely practical. We can, we can give a ton of theories in life, but what if we got really practical? And we help you determine what your priorities should be. Like, and so I just came up with some questions that I think all of us should answer if we're going to determine what our priorities are. And one of the questions I think that all of us have to answer is we have to answer the question of what is required of me in life? Like, in that, like, what roles do I play in life? Some of us are husbands, some of us are wives, some of us are fathers, some of us are mothers, some of us are brothers, some of us are sisters, some of us are employers, some of us are employees. Like, what roles are required of you? Like, what are some things that you, those are roles that you play in your life? It's important for you to understand that roles that you play, because every role always comes with responsibility doesn't it? If you're a mom out there, you know that there's some responsibilities because you know your husband's probably not going to take advantage of those. So there's roles that we got to take advantage of. Like we got to understand our roles. And with that, we got to ask then what gives me the greatest return in those roles? What gives me the greatest return? Like what are activities within those roles that I do that gives me the greatest return? If you were an investor and you want to invest money, you want to get the return, the greatest return on your investment. Same thing in what you're doing in life. What's giving you the greatest return in your investment? Like, where do you get the greatest return on the roles that you play and the responsibilities that you have? And then you should ask the third question, what gives me the greatest reward? Like, where am I most fulfilled in life? Because we've been talking about, it's all about this vision for our life. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Like, what brings me fulfillment? What's helping to lead me to the place where I want to be in my life? What is that destination? And this is a a journey, and it's a process that you're continuously on. And so, like, what do you do that's effective in helping you accomplish that in your life? And as you figure those things out, as you start to discover what those things are, then I I would encourage you to make the decision to stay in your strength zone. Stay in the place where it's one of your sweet spots where you get the best role return on your investment while being fulfilled. And for some of you, you don't know what that strength zone is. And so you're going like, well, I don't even know where to start. I would tell you, sign up for our Discover class that we do every other month. It's an opportunity for you to discover how God created you and, and what do your personalities look like based on your passions. Like, how do we put all those things together to, for you to start to learn about you and how God created you and how God made you? It's an important thing. Instead of just going through life going like, I don't know, why don't we start Discovering? Why don't we start really figuring out how God created us and what he wants us to do? Because here's what I know about most of us. So many of us, we undervalue the strengths that we have and we overvalue the strengths that we don't. And God doesn't want us going through life undervaluing the very things that he's gifted us with. He wants us to discover those things and maximize those things and stop looking at everybody else and what they have and start focusing on what he's given us and take advantage of that moment. And not that we're going to have it all figured out, but we can keep pressing on in that moment. And so what I want to encourage you to do is I want to encourage you to choose one of those three decisions this week. Say, you know what, I'm going to make a decision to take back today. I'm going to make a decision to discover my priorities. I'm going to make a decision to live in my sweet spot if I already kind of know what some of those things are. And determine, man, that's what I'm going to do. Because making a decision is the first step in the process But the second step is like the secret sauce of it. It's it's the managing of the disciplines. And one of the things that I've discovered is we're a generation that's really great at starting. Like we're great starters and and choosing, making a choice, making a decision is a starting ground. But having disciplines is what's going to help you finish in life. And the distance between your dreams and your reality is one word. It's called discipline. And it's something that we have got to do. And so how do we manage the disciplines? Like practically, what does that look like for our lives? And so if we're going to manage our disciplines, I think we have to, number one, we have to rehearse our priorities daily. These are the priorities that we just talked about, like bringing these things into focus. We have to rehearse those priorities daily because our priorities, unfortunately, don't stay put in one place. And I'm sure you guys have discovered that. You've got to to revisit them every single day. The reason why is because the conditions of life are constantly changing. And so because they're changing, you got to go back and focus on what's important to you. You know, we talked about what's important to God, that we would have a relationship with Him. It's one of the reasons why we encourage you to go, sit down, read your Bible every single day, spend some time in prayer, get in the devotional, learn what God wants. You know, it goes back to the idea of last week. We said, man, God wants to be first in your life. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and He'll give you all these other things, or He'll add all these other things to your life. And a lot of people say, well, I don't have time for that. Well, it's about making time for the things that are important. You'll make time for what's important in your life. The average American spends four plus hours watching TV every day. You say you don't have enough time. Turn off Wheel of Fortune and spend some time with Jesus. You got time. You're just spending it somewhere else. And so you gotta rehear, you gotta figure out what those priorities are, and then you gotta go, every day, I'm gonna spend time here. And listen, you'll never change your life until you change what you do daily. I believe that with all my heart. It's about the daily disciplines that help you become what you were intended to become. And as you discover what those daily disciplines are, number two, got to stay true to your values. you got to figure out what you value in life. I I know for my life there's five values that I live by. First one is is my relationship with God, man. It's the number one value in my life, man. I want to have a a deep, personal, intimate relationship with God. I want to know God better every single day. It's one of the things that I value. Second thing I value is I value my relationship with my wife. Shayla beyond God is the most important thing to me. Third thing I value is is the call of God on my life and what he's called me to do. And so uh, as, as things happen in life, like ministry is a big call on my life. And so a lot of things are dictated around that. The fourth thing is my health. I've discovered that nobody cares how fat or how skinny I am except for me. Oh, some of you guys have discovered that too, haven't you? And then the fifth value I have is I value people. But people fall after these four things are already put in place. And I know that some of you all are like, well, that's messed up. You should care about people first. No. No, like, listen, people come and go out of here, but the only person that's here every week is my wife. The only person that's here every week is, 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 is God. I would like to be here, so I try to stay healthy. I don't want to die of a heart attack. So you got to stay true, to the values that you have. And you got to be diligent in your values. I, you know, I've found the decisions in life are really easy when your values are defined. They're just so much easier. As a church, we have five values. Found people, find people. Save people, serve people. We do life together. Healthy things grow, and we live generously. Everything we do is based on those five things. If it, isn't, if it doesn't fall within those five things, you know, we don't do that. People ask, why, why don't you have all these ministries? Because they don't fall within these five things. Why aren't you doing women's ministry? Because uh, they don't fall within these five things. Like, why don't we go do this? They don't fall within these five things. Everything. We got to stay true to our values. Because what happens is a lot of us, we end up with like Proverbs 20, verse 4. It says, A slugger does not plow in season, so at harvest time he looks and finds nothing. See, if you don't know what your values are, at some point you're going to look at your life and you're going to go, why why is this not the way that it should be? Like, why isn't there anything there? Like, I go to people that are on their deathbed, and I never hear them say, man, I wish I would have spent more time at the office. It's a big deal to God, like, to stay true to your values and be faithful In those things, just every day plowing along, man, I'm going to, God, I'm going to seek you every day. God, I'm going to spend time with my relationship with my my spouse if that's one of your values. Man, God, I'm going to continue to move forward in what you want from me. Like, I'm just going to stay dedicated to those things. And a lot of us, we look at people and we go, man, I want what they want. But you don't know why they have what they have. And the reason why they have what they have is because those are the things that they value. And what you value determines what you end up with. And so if you want some of those things, you better just start determining some of the values that you want to have in your life because your values are going to determine everything. And then those values, what you need to do is you need to give them calendar time. Number three. got to give them calendar time. Some research this week that you know that 70% of Americans have smartphones today. So that means that uh, the, the, like 30 out of 100 of you, y'all need to get on board. Uh, that's, uh, that's the first thing. But what's really interesting is is iCal and Google and, and some of these other things, they, they did some research and they found that of the 70% of people that have all these devices, only a third of them actually use their calendar to plan out their day. Which kind of blew my mind because uh, out of that third that used their calendar to plan out their day, they did some research, they found that 9% of those people were more successful than the the other 91%. Because they actually lived out their calendar. They lived by their calendar every single day. And it just goes to explain why there's people that have and why there's a whole bunch of have-nots. Because they put what was important in their life as far as success was in there and they lived by that Thing. And see, we forget that our days are numbered. We forget that we're limited in our time and that there is not always another day. That's why Psalms tells us, teach us to number our days, and we should recognize how few they are. It says, Help us to spend them as we should. Well, how do we know how we should spend our time? Well, man, the only way we're gonna know is if we put it down and we we look at it just like we would a budget or just like we would any other thing. We need to budget that thing out. We need to learn how to put the big rocks in first. Like, what are the most important things that go on the calendar first? You know, the first thing that goes on my calendar every single week is, in fact, I I just scheduled it out so that it's repeating every single day. Is time with God. First thing in the morning, 5 a.m. I choose 5 a.m. because nobody else gets up at 5 a.m. It's one time of the day that I don't have to worry about anybody else. You know what else I, I put on my calendar before I schedule anything else out? My date night with my wife. Why? Because I value my relationship with my wife. You know what goes on next? It, like my work schedule goes on there. Like what, are, what am I doing this week? Study time, all those things. Number four is, is, man, going to CrossFit, big deal to me. Then I fit everything else in. All the relationships, all those other pieces go in after that. And I'm busier than I've ever been, but I'm accomplishing so much more of what God wants me to do. Because I've determined, man, that my days are numbered. and I want to make the most of my opportunity. And I know that God knows that your days are number two, and he wants you to make the most of your opportunity. But with that, you're going to need some help. And so number four is you need to get some help. Get some help. It goes back to one of our values. We do life together. You're not meant to try to do this thing on your own. You know, there's a, there's a group of us that uh, that do CrossFit together every day. Uh, if, if, you, if you've been here for any length of time, you know that I'm kind of uh, addicted to CrossFit. I talk about CrossFit a lot. The first rule of CrossFit is to talk about CrossFit all the time. And so uh, <laughs> it's like the opposite of Fight Club, you know, don't tell anybody about Fight Club. You're supposed to tell everybody about CrossFit. And so I, I'm a pretty good spokesperson for CrossFit. But one of the reasons that I love it is because... I have a group of people that are expecting me to show up every week. And there's something about having people there that, that are waiting on me to show up and I'm waiting on them that we hold each other accountable and that we're seeing massive change happen in our lives. I, I can't tell you how many people over the last three or four months have come up to me and said, like, Pastor TJ, like, man, you, you've gotten so thin or, and, and skinny and stuff. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, man, I, I, just, I just do CrossFit every day. And they're like, well, that's crazy. No, 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 no. See, because I've got people that are helping me. It's not about going and doing these extreme things. It's, it's about I realize that I struggle in a particular area, and every time I try to do it by myself, i failed miserably. Can anybody relate to that? The majority of us. And all of a sudden, when I got some people in my life that said, hey, I'll be there for you and you be there for me, all of a sudden our lives started changing when it came to our physical health. You know what? Your life can change when it comes to your physical health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, if you get some people around you. It's one of the reasons why we do connect groups here, man. There's, there's opportunities for you to connect. There's 20, I, I don't know, 5, 7, 30 connect groups that are happening just started this week, you still have time to get in some relationship with other people that can help you, that can build you up, that can encourage you, that can hold you accountable, that can help you walk through life. I do a connect group. Why? Because I want to grow my relationship with God. And so if I get together with some other guys on a Thursday morning, and we hang out and we talk about God and what he's doing, you know what that's going to do? That's going to cause me to grow. It goes back to what I value and reason why I do it. It's why Ecclesiastes says two are better than one. Because if one of them falls, then another one can pick them up. But it says, pity the man, or as Mr. T would say, I'll pity the fool. Like, I'll pity the dude or the, the ladies that don't have people in their life to help pick them up. And in that, number five, we've got to keep relationships the main thing. We've got to keep relationships the main thing. Uh, I, I'm a super task-oriented person uh, you could ask Josh, who's our worship leader over here uh, that was singing this morning while, while our first service was going on. I, I'm texting him to do things, you know, because I'm, I'm a task-oriented person. I, I like to get things done. I'm taking advantage of moments. He, he walks off the stage. He's like, why do I have a to-do list? I'm like, because that's just what I do. And uh, it's so easy to get so focused on uh, these are the things i got to do. And this is where I, I fall a lot of times. And I love accomplishing things. But my mistake in life a lot of times is is I accomplish tasks and I sacrifice people. And I forget to keep relationships the main thing. And and I think that there will always be time for the relational aspect. Like, there'll, there'll be some time, some other time for us just to hang out and not do tasks. There'll be some other time where we can just grab a coffee and catch up on life. And I heard a pastor friend of mine say this past week, and, and, and I wrote it down because it was just, it just kind of punched me in the face. He said, mediocrity becomes a constant in your relational world when you bind an illusion that you have unlimited time. I love it. Mediocrity becomes the norm in our relational world when we buy into the fact that we have unlimited time when as parents we think man I'll, I'll go to the next ball game that my kids have or the next recital that they have we end up with relational mediocrity when it comes to our kids Or we say you know what I've got to accomplish this task or that task. We'll do date night some other week. Like we, we can do that anytime with our spouse. We end up with relational mediocrity and we wonder why our marriage is struggling. Or we push our friends away because we, we're trying to get some more overtime to, to try to move up the ladder in life. And there's nothing wrong with moving up the ladder in life, but then we wonder why. There's nobody around because we settled for relational mediocrity when we had the opportunity. We went for the task rather than the person. And it's one of the great deceptions of life that we'll, we'll always have some other time. There'll be more time at some other point that we can make that up, but you can't make that time up that's so why when Jesus was posed with the question like, what's, what's the most important thing? What's the most important commandment? What's the most important task that we need to be doing to, to be right with God? He, he answered in, in Mark 12, he said, and I'm just going to paraphrase this. You can look up at the screen. He said, man, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So it's about a relationship with God. He said the second is just as important. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. So we can get so focused on trying to accomplish that we forget the most important thing. The thing that lasts isn't the achievements that we have, it's the relationships that we impact. I love what Sir Winston Churchill says. He says, we make a living by what we get. In other words, we make a living by what we accomplish. We make a life by what we give, what we invest in other people. And I think God would say to all of us today, man, what if we made some decisions to to figure out what are the priorities in our life and what relationships are really key to us? And we started those things, but on top of that, we didn't just start, but we finished by managing the disciplines that are necessary to make sure that those things are healthy. What would happen differently in our life this year? Let's pray. God, I just come before you and and I just think about this and I think about the fact that if we're going to live differently this year, if we're going to live a life like we've never lived before, if we're going to live the best life, That our best life starts with today. It starts with the decisions that we make today. We can't be always looking towards our preferred future and what we we think tomorrow and the next day and the day after that will look like. But we got to think about today. And the decisions that we're making right now. Because the decisions that we're making right now are impacting all of our tomorrows. God, I pray that we would have the, the wisdom to look at the decisions that we need to make, God, and we would be swift. God, that we would be diligent to, to make the wise choice. And then, God, that you would give us the di- discipline to manage those, those choices. God, I, I know that you want to see a generation that doesn't just begin with you, but ends with you. You want to see a people that, is, that aren't just great starters, but are phenomenal finishers because they realize that what they do daily, the habits that they have daily, are going to determine their destiny. And so, God, I pray that you, as we seek you out this week, this isn't, this isn't just some inspirational message. God, this is more about us challenging ourselves to sit down with you and say, God, what are, what are the things that I need to do in my life, God? And what are the practical steps and application to do that this week? God, I pray that we would would carve out some of our time, the limited time that we have, so that we could determine what our days are going to look like. God, thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.